Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll teach you the two steps in decision-making. I'll also be interviewing Corey Poirier, who is a multiple-time TEDx speaker and is a host of the top-rated Let's Do Influencing show, founder of Blue Talks, and is also a columnist with Entrepreneur and Forbes. In today's episode, Corey talks about his latest book, The Book of Why and How. Discover the timeless secrets to meaning, success, and abundance. This book is exactly what you need to help you discover your passion, purpose, and mission. For more information about Corey, please visit theinfluencervault.com or thebookofwhy.com. You may also purchase this book on Amazon or in your favorite digital bookstore. The two steps in decision-making. There are different types of individuals, but everyone has their own process and ways in which they make decisions. However, one of the most difficult things is when we're trying to be creative or problem solve something, we usually make the decision, if it's even possible, before we've really thought it out. There are two steps when it comes to decision-making. There are technically more, but for this purpose, I'm gonna make it very, very simple. Often when we think of something or we have this dream and we start to think about it, but then we automatically shut it down and say, there's no way I can do that. So the steps I'd have you focus on today are essentially the information gathering, which is essentially the brainstorming, and then you make the decision. Sometimes people jump to the second part of that, which is the decision-making, the yes or no, while they're in the brainstorming or in the information gathering stage. And because of that, we automatically say we can't do something based off of what our skill set is today. So that's why when you're thinking about what it is you want to do or where you'd like your life to go, dream as much as possible. Without dreaming or your imagination or your creativity, unfortunately, you're going to limit yourself or rather limit your future based off of what's in front of you today. What's in front of you today, for all intents and purposes, is something you don't want to do anymore. So if that's the case, why would you automatically make a decision based off of what you can and cannot do today? So that's why it's so important to separate these steps. Once again, the information gathering stage, which is also the brainstorming stage, let your mind just wander. Think of as many things as possible. What I always do when I'm brainstorming is I purposely come up with the most outlandish things possible. Because in doing that, that makes me laugh. It makes me be creative. It makes me take away from the pressure of, oh my gosh, what's my future gonna look like? So the more outlandish you can be or more ridiculous you can be with some of your ideas, the better it is. Because it automatically removes that statement of, oh, I could never do this. Well, the reality is you probably won't do some of those outlandish things, but the fact that they're on your paper and you're looking at that, while it's compared to other things, it allows for those other things to potentially be possible. So anytime you do something that has to do with your goals and dreams, before you say no, simply ask yourself, do I have enough information or have I brainstormed enough to make that choice of no? And if you haven't spent that time, then you may be doing yourself a disservice. Don't let today's no stop you from tomorrow's success. In just a few seconds, you're gonna hear Corey Poirier talk about his latest book, The Book of Why and How. This book is really what you need to help you discover your purpose, passion, and mission. So stay tuned. Have you ever thought, gosh, I'd love to start my own radio show or podcast, but I have no idea how to do it? Or are you a seasoned veteran who wants to level up and improve all aspects of your show? Well, I will be working with a select few to help you either start or polish your show. These are a few topics I will teach you. How to create your brand and how to be specific with your niche and your audience. The types of equipment you should use to help you improve the quality of your audio and your video. 
I'll teach you how to get your show aired on most podcasting platforms, as well as give you an option to create a video podcast. I'll teach you which recording platforms are best for your needs, as well as teach you the importance of having a show clock, the do's and don'ts of writing your own show notes that will help increase the reach of your audience and generate traffic to your website. I'll also introduce you to some of my contacts and previous guests. I'll also be offering a select few the opportunity to broadcast your show on my platform and have access to my three and a half million listeners. So if you're ready to start or level up your show, then visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James and sign up today. It's time, my friend, for you to stand out and share your message with the world. Once again, visit www.jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash work with James to get started today. My guest today is Corey Poirier, who is a multiple-time TEDx speaker and is a host of the top-rated Let's Do Influencing show and founder of Blue Talks and is also a columnist with Entrepreneur and Forbes. In today's episode, Corey shares with us his latest book, The Meaning of Why and How. Discover the timeless secrets of meaning, success, and abundance. This book is exactly what you need to help you discover your passion, purpose, and mission. Welcome to my show, Corey. Thank you so much, James. I have been looking forward to this most of the day. I'm so glad you're here with us today as well. I don't know if you know this about me, but I know that you are from Canada. So for me, I actually grew up in Western Ontario. My parents had a, a very rustic fishing resort. So half the year I was there and the other half I was in, in the U.S. So for me, it's nice to talk to someone and my accent will probably come out as well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, usually people can pick it up with me on certain words. Yeah. But I don't like a lot of people that I live near. You can pick it up all day long, every yeah, minute they talk. Where me, because I traveled a lot, it's the uh-huh. about, and I flatten my A's like man and dad and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So <laughs> I can hear it. Those, I might as well tell people now, because that's when you'll pick it up. <laughs> Mine is always, I say the word bean, B-E-E-N, instead of, I guess, Ben. That's the one thing that always comes out when I talk, is that's people are like, where did that come from? <laughs> that's kind of funny. I do the same. So we'll both say bean today. <laughs> there we go. Well, how did you go from a young man, I say young man when you started, um, you are still young, but when you were a young boy from Canada, how did you become this person? How did you become, get to know, you've spoken over to interview, what, over 6,500 people? I mean, it's amazing. How did you even get into this world? So it, it's funny. There's a two-part I'm going to say two different direction answer to that. So on mm-hmm. one hand, how did I get into the interviews is one answer, sure. or one okay. question. And, and the answer to that is different than the other. But how I get into the interviews and how the numbers get so big, because sometimes people are like, how is that even mm-hmm. physically possible? I is I had a newspaper for almost six years. I was the publisher, but I also actually interviewed every person. And oh, it wow. was 100 some pages. So we had to do 100 interviews a month. Oh, gosh. Okay. Start to see how they add up, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, I mean... Theoretically, because there were some months it wasn't 100. So theoretically, I think I was at about 3,500 before I even started in the podcasting world. Oh, for wow. That's crazy. So so because a lot of people, when they hear that number, they think it's all been on my podcast. And it hasn't. The oh, podcast, yeah. probably about 2,000. Uh-huh. And then I have a couple other shows. But having said that, uh, how I get into that was I had a, um, an entrepreneurial course that I was taking part in. They promised us seed money if we uh-huh. started a business. Uh-huh. Me and a business partner thought we were going to start a clothing store with uh, at the time, top 40 CDs was our lead magnet, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, our lost leader. Uh-huh. We come to find out that we needed a half a million, well, a quarter of a million, but a half a million together combined mm-hmm. to start this business. And I would say we probably had combined maybe about $5,000. Okay. And about <laughs> that was his. Yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> our odds weren't good to get into that type of business. And all of a sudden we had two weeks left of this course and we either had to crap or get off the pot. We needed a mm-hmm. business to get the seed money. And so I said, well, we've been interviewing uh, leaders and entrepreneurs about starting our business. That was part of the mm-hmm. program we were in. 
And I said, what if we were to share those types of stories? Because you and yeah. I both loved the story. We loved mm -hmm. rereading it to our class after. What if we were to start a newspaper or some form, but I thought newspaper, to actually share those stories with the world? And so that's kind of how I get started into interviewing people because we decided to launch this newspaper. It's called uh, Career Alternatives. Mm -hmm. And the idea there, actually, sorry, I'll correct that. First was called Alternative Careers. And it was the idea of entrepreneurship as the alternative to the everyday mm -hmm. career. I relaunched the paper years uh, years later and called it Career Alternatives. That's why I get the names interchangeable. <laughs> gotcha, okay, that makes sense. When people heard the name back then, Alternative, they thought it was like you know an alternative type magazine. Oh yeah, like, yeah. yeah it was it. about business. And so we started this newspaper, me and a business partner. We ultimately found out that we had to sell advertising, which neither of us had to, knew how to yeah. do and had never sold anything because in this small town, it wasn't like we were going to make enough money off subscription. Mm -hmm. So we decided to sell uh, ads and it wasn't for him at all. Like he, I was covered in sweat and terrified, but he wouldn't <laughs> even speak. He would go in and just, I'd pass it over to him and he just looked like he was looking at the deer yeah. in the headlight. So he left the pu publication after four months and I had to buy him out. So I actually had to spend the money from the seed oh, money. Gosh. To buy him back oh, out. Gosh, yeah. But that's how I got into the interviewing side. So I started interviewing people and truthfully, I became obsessed by it. Mm -hmm. I took a break when I went into the corporate world for a number of years. But once I went back out my own, I just had this calling again to start interviewing people. So I know it was an obsession, for lack of a mm -hmm. better way of saying that. And I guess, James, we can kind of tie the other question back to that, too, is when you say, how did I get to where I am now? Obviously, that newspaper or publication had a mm -hmm. part in that as well. Yeah, of course. But then what happened next is I ended up uh, moving across the country and getting a position with a Fortune 500 company. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was the 48th or 58th largest company in the world, Toshiba. You know, oh, that yeah, makes all course, the yeah. tops. And so I started working with them and I went into their, that, that sales capacity for five years with them, five years with another company called Konica Minolta, which would be mm -hmm. Toshiba's competitor. Mm -hmm. So I spent 10 years in the corporate world and that really led me to where I am today because I learned so much about yeah. communication, about life skills, all these things getting rejected mm -hmm. every day. <laughs> I have understood so, that, yeah. <laughs> Like I did, uh, I figured out one time, I think it was like four years into my career and I had done over 10,000 cold calls. Wow. This walk in the door cold calls. Oh, I was in doing, the door and person to person. Wow. That's, yeah, that's I was doing really like 50 intense. a day. Oh my so gosh. That's a the whole level of, level of rejection there that we can talk about later on a different show. Yeah, and, I, and well, the other side of that is I had moved from a small town uh -huh. to the big city. Oh, now, yeah. it's all relative, but my small town had 3,000 people. The city I moved to had 700,000. That wow, was a big jump yeah. for me. And then getting rejected while you're in this new city day after day. It was almost like if you're going out at what do you call it, speed dating? Yeah, and exactly. you had 40 women in the room every day, and they all said, no, no, no. And then one finally said, you know, I'll consider maybe going out for coffee, but not not dinner, coffee. And they go, oh, great. That's going to lead to dinner. Yeah. And that was what it was like, right? They would One person out of 40 would say, well, we might be looking for office equipment. And then you're like, great, I have coffee now. And then I would the, the, the full date was trying to sell them on the equipment. So I, to finish that story off, basically, that's how I got into what I'm doing now, because sales, like I say, opened up so many things like I ended up the short version is I ended up st performing stand-up comedy years really? later and I was terrified of speaking in public I think the only thing that allowed me to do that was having all those years of sales uh -huh. behind sure. me and and I used uh, stuff about my sales calls as my material perfect and then I uh, transitioned over to being a speaker and again I think the sales career I had helped mm -hmm. me so much on two fronts one I had already been communicating a lot, but two, and this was the bigger part, my early training and speaking was around sales. Wow. So nice. okay. it's kind of funny. I can kind of, Steve Jobs says joining up your dots. I can kind of tie the dot of 
the newspaper leading to sales. Mm -hmm. And those two things basically laid the foundation for the rest. So that's kind of a long answer about how. Well, that's amazing. It's, it's a wonderful story. And that's what I wanted to say as well, kind of piggyback up what Steve Jobs would say is in the sense that when people look back on their life, they may not realize how something is applicable. I know for me, I grew up in, in with, with music and that was a powerful thing for me. And now what I've actually, when my brand is woven in there, like everything you hear on my show is everything I've written. And so it's, it's kind of cool. So you understand that every aspect, every talent you have is it could be used if you really think about how to expand it in a different way that's perhaps outside of the norm or perhaps outside what other people have done. So it's love, I'd love to hear the story. It's, it makes me really excited to hear what more can I do in my life? So thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely. <laughs> but tell me more about the Let's Do Influencing show. Yeah, and, and I'll just add that one thing too, James, to what you just said is I also play music and, it was, and wrote music uh, from the time I was 12. And to your point, it it filtered its way in too. My, wow. I, I wanted to be the guy that wrote the stuff in the basement, like the comedy, the material, oh, yeah. and never be on a stage. And it just happened that eventually I realized I had to take that next step because nobody else yeah. was going to do it. Uh, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting you That's mentioned cool. the music because it played a part. And they all interwove as well. Like once I got into speaking, once I got into comedy, when I go perform at a show, one of the things most people commented is your banter in between the music is as good as the music. And trust me, oh, it wasn't really when it started. Cool. So I learned that skill. Yeah. So that kind of full circles us to let's do influencing because... Again, at this point, when I launched that show, I was already obsessed with interviewing people. Uh -huh. I'd already done a lot of interviews for my newspaper. And here's what I found is that I was getting the goods during those interviews, but nobody yeah. else was. Yes. I was getting what we're doing here that you can't really, maybe rarely, but very rarely can you capture that on a piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I want people to hear the nuances. Yes, and what was also happening is I was getting into bigger and bigger interviews. Because the newspaper world had sort of gone by the wayside. So because of that, mine could be positioned to get big names because they're like, oh, I can still get in print and you could send me a copy. Yeah. And so I was getting people at the end of it, like Robin Sharma, who doesn't yeah. do any podcasting interviews, yeah. Jack Canfield. Wow. You know, I was getting people like that in this little tiny small town newspaper. And so but what was happening is people, my opinion, were it was a disservice because they weren't hearing the, the nuances when Jack mm -hmm. would pause to say something that I couldn't really capture in print. And so that was happening. And at the same time, I realized, and this was the second go around with the newspaper. This is when it lasted for six years or seven years. I realized that I was typecast. So I was like oh, that actor who was stuck in the sense that there was nowhere to go because the newspaper world was dying. Yeah. And transitioning online didn't feel as exciting to me. Like I, reading online, I'm going to be 100% honest. I'm not as big a fan as that as some people. Mm. I like, I still like. Oh, cool, yeah. <laughs> and so, and so for me. I wasn't that exciting of producing a product that I don't necessarily read myself. Uh -huh. And so sense. like, how can I take this to another level? And the only obvious answer that came out was audio. Now, interestingly, this is going back now to, what was it? It's now I'm trying to think of the exact timeline, but I think we're approaching 10 years now. Oh, wow. So we're, we're not talking like, um, you know, podcasting as it exists today in the mm -hmm. sense that when I started, I launched on blog talk radio. Mm -hmm. And I actually positioned the idea, no, we're an online radio show. We're not a podcast because podcasting was like almost considered like the stepchild, right? Yes, I was like, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was selling advertising for our show. We ended up a side note, but we ended up doing really well with sponsorships. So before we launched the show, we had 30 sponsors before wow. we launched. We had no listenership at all. Great. And we had 30 sponsors. We were charging a small amount relative. I think it's a small amount. I think it was 350 every two months. So okay, almost $200 a month. Yeah. But if you times that by 30, that means yeah. in our first month, we were bringing in like six or $7,000 exactly. with no listeners. And, but how that happened is because I transitioned them from my newspaper over. So <laughs> these are people that already trusted me. 
and they trust that I'm going to make it big. Our first episode, we had 5,000 listeners. Oh, my gosh. Corey, that's amazing. And Blog Talk had kind of had the lion's share of the market at the time. Uh iTunes was really a factor. And so I say all this because that's how I got into it was with Blog Talk. And so I was doing what we called online radio. Also, side note, is that it was called Conversations with Passion at the time. Mm -hmm. And we switched the title about five years ago. And nothing has changed except for the title. Yeah. So I, I consider it the same show. But yeah. the reason we did that is because the word passion was falling out of passion. People are saying, oh, people say find their passion. And I started thinking, if my guests are saying that, how many people are scrolling yeah. to listen to a new show and won't even tune in because they don't like the word? Smart. So, Smart. So anyway, I made, and then influence is what I spend my time doing now. I help influencers. Mm-hmm. Basically, I always say that the people that are meant to become an influencer tomorrow, I want to help them become one today. Perfect. And so... The, the brand of Let's Do Influencing ties in better with that. So I, I know you tell me about the show. That's the long tangent about that show. No, I love that show. It's funny because I actually started on Blog Talk years ago. Well, not years ago. I've been on what? Radio. As we, as we film this today, where it's 2021. I started, I went to national radio in 2017. But prior to that, I, I was on Blog Talk for like a year. And then from that is when I transitioned out. So I have that, some of the sim, same similarities with you in that when it comes to Blog Talk, which is really cool. Well, because of all that, I know we have a, few, a little bit more time, well, more time, but I want to focus specifically on your book because I definitely want to focus on that. But because of all that, everything you've done, I mean, you clearly are an expert in how to really help people go from, from some, something really small to all of a sudden become something huge. And that's wonderful. So I think that's why your book, The Book of Why and How, discover the timeless secrets to meaning success and abundance is once again why you are so successful because you can teach us how to do that tell me more about that book well you know it's funny this is this is really interesting to me because if you ask me what my why was so i'm gonna i'm gonna Mm -hmm. dial this into the book but if you ask me what my why was when i feel i found it it was that night when i got on that stand-up stage Uh the next day people at work and i bombed horribly like whole jokes about the mic turned on oh the whole gosh, <laughs> and the next day the people said you got to jump in your step did you meet someone and that was a big clue and it was like i wanted to go back again and i'm like why do i want to go back to that horrible experience but that was the first start in my opinion of me finding my calling or my why mm-hmm. what it turned out to be what i thought was speaking and now when i say my my purpose i mean when you say your why to me your why is the mix between your purpose and your passion mm-hmm. so the speaking is just the what you do yeah. Why you're doing it is the purpose. And mm-hmm. I felt why I was doing it was to create positive ripples in other people's lives. Then my mission statement, which I talk about creating one in the book, I talk, call it the purpose statement, is to be the guy who motivates, donates, inspires, educates, and entertains. Perfect. And so that became part of it. And so up until probably about a year ago, my why was that clear. And so I'm bringing up this up for a reason, because one of the things I talk about in the book is your passion will probably change many times in your mm-hmm. life. Your purpose probably won't change that many times. But it can change. That's why I'm getting it yeah, to this. Sure. So recently, what my passion has become and my purpose, which is totally different, it's an extension of this, is that what I mentioned a minute ago, to help other people get on stage, mm-hmm. to get in books, to get articles written, all that kind of stuff. And so we actually launched um, a thing called the Influencer Vault, which is a member site. Okay. We literally just launched that this week. And we launched a thing called Blue Talks about a year and a half ago. And Blue Talks would be like if Chicken Soup for the Soul and TEDx get together and mm-hmm. had a baby. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's right. So, so Blue Talks is a full integrated brand. So that's the that's the platforms. And then we launched this member site where we can teach people how to basically learn what it took me all these years to learn. Yeah. So I bring all that up because it ties into the book in the sense that even in writing the book, you think that you have it all figured out and you mm-hmm. don't. So I don't want people to be scared when they hear about finding their why that it's a big, big, you know, long process. And it also has to be a fixed process that I figured it out now and it has to stay the same. Yeah, yeah. And point. so how the book was written. Essentially, it was written as a book that could, first of all, help. It's kind of like Act 1, Act 2, Act 3. 
So act one is to help you find your why or mm -hmm. your calling. And then we talk about the four whys, like why, uh, why not, why not you, why not now? And so we actually pose mm -hmm. those questions. Like in other words, it needs to be you because mm -hmm. the world's waiting for you. Yes. Um, why not now? There's never been a better time. Now we're online, you can reach more people globally. And so we kind of basically help you find your why and then dispel the myth uh, exactly. why you would not do it. And then second act is called thriving, which is where I share uh, the top five insights I've learned from all these high achievers I've interviewed after 6,500 so that you can now go, okay, I figured out the why. Now here's what I do. Here's the things that I should do that the top achievers are doing. And then the third section or act is called enlightened. And it's basically how do you do it in a conscious way so you can sleep it. Mm. And so that's how the book is written. And the idea is some people will come to the book already knowing their why. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to not read the book. Yeah, so we set it up so that you could start at any of the three chapters and it feels oh, like a complete book. Oh, that's so smart. that's uh, that. And then the one thing I'll add too, because this might appeal to people that love the style of writing, but I'm a big fan of the Napoleon Hill, uh -huh. how to win friends, influence people, old school style of writing. So what I did, which I think is unique, nobody else has ever told me they've done this, is every day before I'd write this book, I would sit down and read a chapter from one of those books. Oh, interesting. So okay. When I'm writing, I'd be uh -huh. writing in the same style that I loved. And so, so this feels like a... And of course, the book says the timeless secrets. So it feels timeless, I think, because it was written in a timeless way. Like mm -hmm. you read Napoleon Hill and you might say, well, that grammar wise, I would never say that. Sure. But the, the reading is still timeless. Exactly. And so that's kind of the book in a nutshell. Is I wanted to be able to teach people uh, how to find their why. Because, by the way, I didn't add this, but I didn't find it until my mid 20s. And by that point, I already suffered anxiety, hypochondria. Mm -hmm. And I feel a lot of that was because I'm so high energy and I had nowhere to put it. Because yeah. I didn't have a purpose. Yeah. And once I discovered it from myself, without some people maybe are born and then they discover it a day later, because I was one that had to uncover it, I want to show people how they can do that rather than spend their whole life not finding their purpose. That's brilliant. One thing I really, one of the many things I really like about that is often we have this concept of I'll, tomorrow I'll do it or the next day I'll do it. For example, our diet, I will start my diet tomorrow. But when we really think about that, tomorrow never comes. We always continually push it off. So I love the fact that you really say, why not now? And because that is something so important because if we, if we don't take that first step, we'll never take the step. And so with you, the, the concept and the ways that you've conceptualized this and the way you've written it out really helps people really formulate those steps. What would you say the major thing is most people, why they struggle with just even looking to discover what their passion is? So I, what I see, Mm -hmm. is a couple of things. One, they don't actually know what they're missing. Now, yeah. I know it sounds weird, but I didn't know That's what passion and purpose felt like until I experienced it. So yeah. people would say, I would say to people, that guy looks like he's on something. How is he always so happy? And I didn't know what they were, what they were feeling. And then all of a sudden, when I discovered mine, and this is how I describe it, there's two ways I usually describe it. One is like I have a fire in my belly mm -hmm. that I can't seem to put out and I don't want anybody to put it out and I'll protect it at all costs. Yeah. And then the other way I say it to people so they can visualize it is if you have kids, it might not be yourself, but if you have kids that get excited on Christmas day and run it, jump into bed and run down the yeah. stairs, that's how I feel every day when I wake up. Wow. And so I feel like for most people, they don't believe feeling like that sure. is even possible. So then the challenge they have is why would I switch my whole life around if it's not possible? Then the second thing is a lot of people think there's more risk in trying mm. to go and find their passion then there is just to stay the course, even though yeah. they're in some cases maybe miserable. Mm -hmm. And so I would argue, James, that, and this after a lot of interviews, I would argue it's more risky to work at a job you don't like yes. and less secure than to do something you're called to do. Yeah. So that's why.
I always call it dysfunctional comfort. When we're so, when the, com the comfort is so dysfunctional that we don't realize how dysfunctional it is because most people don't realize what dysfunction feels like. But that's really the case because when we create a world that is based off of something that, that doesn't allow for any expansiveness, it's simply, it's very linear. I've, I know what this is and this is how it's always going to be. And so with that, like you said, it creates this, this paradigm or this world or this viewpoint of if it's always going to be this, if it's this way today, it's always going to be that way. So I, I, I really like hearing how you have that, that energy that, that within your belly. But most people, like you said, don't feel that way. And so with that, the concept of how that is would be, well, this person feels this way, but they don't have substance behind them. And I love the fact that your book creates that ability for people to find their energy, find their passion, but also has that substance behind it. Not only do you, does it have your information, but also all of the, the habits that so many of these successful people have done. And that's what I think really sets your book apart is because of that, because many people can read books and whether it's one person's opinion and their own experience, which is wonderful, but I like the fact that your book is jam packed full of all these other people's habits and things that people have done that have caused them to be so successful. So I can't wait for my listeners to purchase your book as well. <laughs> well, and I'll add to another kind of add on to that. Why most people don't do it is they don't think, first of all, that earning a living for, within that is possible. And yeah. then they, they think, well, I, I'm already maxed out. How could I add something in that's not going to pay the bills? Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because I would say the most common question I get when I go to, now if I go to a room of entrepreneurs, I don't get this question because they already get it. But if I go to a room of, let's say, people working at a company and I know without them saying it, some of the people are unhappy there, the first question they always ask is, okay, this is all good and great what you're talking about here, but how do I get paid to do it? Mm -hmm. And then I'm all, and this is the harsh thing. Nobody wants to hear this. I always tell people, if you need to get paid to do it, it's not your calling. It's yeah, not your exactly. walk. That's a very, very, very powerful statement, but very true. You know, when I think about that for my own self, I remember when I first started, um, when I switched over, because I was in, in my pri private practice for so long, when I transitioned to this, I remember thinking, well, what am I going to do? But I literally, and this is my story, I gave up everything, moved down here to Florida and said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And so with that, that fear came as well. But I thought, you know, I enjoy this. And so I, I started out and for me, my story was there were some, some lows, but some highs came very, very quickly. And with that, that's how I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. And then from then, everything took, took care of itself. Well, and to that point, one thing, like, so if somebody asked me what I would do if I was starting over to jump in feet mm -hmm. first. And so this goes kind of to what we're talking about here is we're doing it on our own. Mm -hmm. If I were starting over what I, and I didn't do this, but if I were starting over, I would find a mentor mm, smart, who very smart. Is willing to help me learn the shortcuts that I spent all yeah. these times falling on my face doing. And what made this jump into my head is we interviewed um, Kevin Harrington recently. Yeah. I was actually talking about his mentor book. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, millions. Yeah. Millions. And, and he talked about mentorship for quite a while, of course, during yeah. the interview. And what's really neat is inside this member side I mentioned that we have, I, ha I can see the comments people make inside uh -huh. and, and comment back and forth. And the most common comment on that already, and we just launched a week ago, is I really need to get a mentor. Yeah, and they fine. do. You know, yeah. and, and what I'm getting at is that um, so many people struggle needlessly because if you can find somebody else that can say, don't fall down that manhole. I already yes. fell down there and it's gross down there. And you can jump over that manhole. You're still going to fall down plenty on your own. Yes, you will. But the stuff that you're going to learn, that can, if you get the right mentor, mm -hmm. uh, is going to actually <laughs> make it possible to follow your passion and probably get paid to do it. So yes. I know that's a, that was a very weird side angle, but I want to add that if I gave somebody a tip, I would say find a mentor yeah. and start. And by the way, also, don't worry about getting paid to do it. Do it part time. Everything I've done yes. when I launched this stuff was part time. When I started doing stand up, I mentioned that was I was in the corporate world. I transitioned to speaking, spent three years still working in the corporate world, using my evenings and weekends to speak at places, yeah. a lot of times for free, and it built from there. The great part is by doing it that way, 
when I finally left, I at least had some semblance of confidence that I was going to still, I was going to be able to get paid enough clients to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. And so I would say to people, don't be in such a rush, yes. but then also get a mentor so you don't fall down the same manhole as everybody else does. Brilliant. I think that's wonderful, wonderful advice. Well, Corey Poria, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners want to find out more information about you to listen to your shows, to purchase your book, once again, the book of why and how discover the timeless secrets to meaning, success and abundance, where will they find all this information online? So I would send people two places. One's for a freebie. So uh -huh. I mentioned that we launched the Influencer Vault. Uh -huh. And if people go listening, go to the influencervault.com. So the influencervault.com. And I only say this, James, because it's very relevant to what we're talking about. We actually put together a, a 10 insights PDF. Oh, wow. Okay. Grid. And and in that, I basically called what I considered the top um, lessons I learned from some of the top thought leaders. So when you go in there, you're going to see lessons by Lisa Nichols, Bob Proctor, Les Brown. Uh, but you can get that by going to the influencervault.com. And basically, uh, you just sign up, you grab a copy, and, and then it'll actually redirect you to our Influencer Vault website if you oh, want perfect. to learn more about it. Yeah. That's one option. And then if they want to know more, people want to know more about how to get a copy of the Book of Why, I keep that easy as well. It's thebookofwhy.com. Perfect. My listeners also know that if they cannot find this information any other place, simply go to the show notes in this particular episode and I will direct you with Corey. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest on my show today. I really appreciate it. And my pleasure, my friend. I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.